the book of Mark, and we'll actually be in chapter 4 tonight. And I want to revisit a message that I've preached a couple times over the years. Um, I really don't do that too much because it's never quite the same as the, the first time you preach it. Um, but yet there are some messages, messages like the gospel for sure, and messages like th this that can fit different circumstances and, and be helpful in, in different circumstances. And this is one of them, and, and uh, I pray it's going to be helpful. That's what I want to be. Um, not only as a pastor, but um, as a preacher, I want to be helpful. I want to be a voice which God can use um, in the midst of this pandemic and its panic. You hear a lot of churches, ours included, speaking about hope and peace and uh, messages one after another that deal with that in different ways. And I think that's right uh, to speak God's peace into this, this situation. And I don't want to be a benefit just for my church, the ones that I pastor over and care for, but for anyone who will listen and come across this, uh, whether it's a video or recording, I, I want just to be a voice of constant comfort. So I pray the Lord would, would help in that tonight. Because it doesn't seem to be slowing down, does it? It doesn't seem to be stopping. It's everywhere you turn, this fear, this panic. Everywhere you turn is bad news. And you keep hearing that it's going to get worse. Get ready, it's going to get worse. These next two weeks are going to be the worst. And you hear even things like, it's never going away. We're always going to have to deal with this. And the death tolls keep clicking up. And bit by bit, more restrictions are being laid on us. It feels as if my freedom is slipping away inch by inch, and it's being done with or without our consent. And all of this can begin to add up. I mean, sometimes we try to shake it off or we just try to push through, right? Sometimes it can add up and we can begin to be overwhelmed. And we feel like we're sinking. Like we can't handle much more. I think that's a pretty prevalent feeling. There are many who may be listening to this that might be dealing with depression or they might be dealing with a sense of hopelessness or a lack of peace. And you feel like you're sinking and you can't handle much more. You've got your job to worry about or lack thereof. Now you've got the kids at home and you're having to maybe oversee their schooling as well as if you're having to work from home, it's a heavy load to balance. And you can't go out. You have to stay home. And all of the stress of that keeps building, and maybe you feel tonight like you're at a breaking point. Well, I want you to know that you're not alone. God knows, and God sees. And so tonight, I want you to look with me at this passage and just simply give you some principles. And right here in the middle of the week, I know it's not a Sunday, but right here in the middle of your busy week, I want to give you some principles for you to hold on to and to help that peace be in your heart. So turn your attention, if you would, to Mark chapter 4. And I want to read beginning in verse 35 down through verse 41. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through verse 41. The Bible says this. And the same day when the even was come, he being Jesus saith unto them, let us pass over into the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. 
And there arose a great storm of the wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said unto another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? If we could, let's open in a quick prayer. Bow your heads if you would. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your care and your guidance through the week. I ask now that you would give your blessing on this word, Lord, and do the work that only you can do by your Holy Spirit. Help us to have open hearts and open minds as we listen, Lord. I thank you again for all that you do. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So usually we would spend some time kind of explaining a little bit of the background and I would usually go back into chapter 3 and show you what a busy day Jesus had in his ministry and how exhausting this day was for his humanity. And this was a busy day. I mean, truth is, for Jesus, most of them were. His ministry was very busy. He had many divine appointments. In fact, he's on his way to a divine appointment um, in this very text. And he was busy to be loving, he was busy to be caring and kind, to be about God's business, ministering to the sick, to the cast-outs of society, bringing them the good news of redemption, opening hearts with his word. Needless to say, he had a busy day, and at the end of that day, he tells his disciples, let's go. And in verse 36, it tells us they get into the boat, And they set sail for the other side. They get into the boat expecting a trip to be like any other. This wasn't new for them. This was pretty normal. They would minister in a in a in a area, move on to the next, and Jesus would would uh, teach and preach, and then they would move on to the next. This was just normal to the disciples. In many ways, it was just another day for them. It was routine. I'm sure before this, you probably had your normal everyday routines, didn't you? We all did. Before this COVID-19 outbreak, we had our days pretty much planned. Now, they might have been packed full, but we had a routine. My own life was getting pretty full before this all happened. First and foremost, my my calling as a husband and as a father and as a pastor uh, to, to be about that business and to care for my wife and my kids and the church that God has uh, placed me over. I'd was pretty busy in and of itself but then you've got your job and things to do around the house and baseball and softball season had just started and you've got two practices for each kid and then two games a week sometimes more for each kid it was getting pretty busy but we had fallen into a routine and we were making it work never imagining that everything would be totally upended within a matter of, oh, a couple weeks. We had no idea. You probably remember complaining about it, right? So did I. I'm so busy. I don't got time for this. I don't got time for that. If I could just have a couple days to myself or if I could just have like a week off or a couple weeks off, well, now we've got it, don't we? And everything is stopped. And to tell you the truth, I kind of miss the busyness. 
we had our normal routines, right? Kind of like the disciples on this boat that had no idea what was coming. They were expecting smooth sailing, expecting smooth seas and no storm. Sometimes we expect life to be like that. We expect life to be all smooth sailing and all success and no troubles. But let me just tell you right now, storms are a part of life. Hard times come. It's how we handle those. It's how we endure through those and who we stand on through those that matter. And they often hit without a warning, just like this one's about to. Look, if you would, in verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Now listen, if you know anything about the Sea of Galilee, which is where they're at, it's actually just a big lake in the, in the region there. And the way that it's situated and the geography that, that surrounds it made windstorms pretty normal. I mean, this, it wasn't a, an odd thing for them to have great wind on this lake. And most of these guys are fishermen by trade. They knew these uh, these waters. They knew what to expect. This was not new to them. They knew how to navigate those normal storms, if you would. But this one is different. Literally, if you look in the Greek behind uh, the English here, it would say this. It's a, where it says, there arose a great storm of wind, a mega whirlwind of wind. This is unlike anything they have ever faced before. Now, there's, there's accounts that are similar to this that happen later in Scripture, and they record um, the, the disciples trying to row in those storms. It's, it's not the same as far as the magnitude, but they find themselves in a storm and they're trying to row. They're trying to work to get through it. This event is recorded in Matthew, Luke, and Mark, and all of them say the same. It comes on them so fast, there is no time, there is nothing that they can do about it. There's no rowing in this storm. There's no trying to get through it. The boat is being tossed around. The waves, it says, are beating into it, one after another after another, so that the ship is beginning to fill up. And each wave that comes is more water and more fear and more danger. The boat is sinking. Matthew says it is covered with the waves. Luke says it's filled with water and they were in jeopardy. And here Mark says it was full. No amount of bailing water with buckets is going to get them out of this. It's sinking. And maybe you feel like that tonight. Maybe you feel like you're sinking. Yeah, maybe you've been through tough times before. You've been through your own storms. You weathered your own storms in life. And maybe you made your way through it. You were able to hold the little boat of your life together and your little boat of your family together. And you held it steady as you endured the storm. And maybe you got tossed around a little bit, but you came through okay. You were able to either bail the water out or or keep from capsizing. Maybe you've been through some storms. But this one, the one we're in right now, this is different. Because you and I, we have no power in this. 
I remember when this was a distant threat. You heard about it on the news and it was over there in China. And if you were like me, you didn't really give it a second thought. Oh, there's something breaking out over there and um, maybe you felt some pity, but it was far off. Like far off storm clouds on the horizon that you don't think are going to be there. Listen, I've spent some time on lakes myself, and I've seen far-off storm clouds arrive almost in the blink of an eye. And before you know it, it's raining and it's windy, and the waves are getting a little bit too big for the boat, that's, at least that I've been in. And maybe you, you used to view this whole pandemic as far-off, but before we knew it, boom, here it is in all its fury. And it's wave after wave. It doesn't seem to be stopping. And it's not just the virus or the sickness that it brings. I mean, that's the the cause, yes. And many are fearful of contracting it and people are getting sick from it. I'm not going to deny that. But it's almost the effect of that that is worse. It's the effect that is causing so much destruction. The shutdown and the loss of jobs and people depending on livelihoods to pay their bills and to feed their families, and now that's gone. And the stay-at-home order where we're not allowed to at least go out and try to, to get some relief from sometimes our own thoughts, if we're honest. But we can't do that. You have to stay at home and the stress of trying to balance all, all of that, it seems like it's wave after wave after wave and it just won't stop. And you wish it would stop and you have no power to stop it. And Maybe tonight you feel like you're sinking. I mean, you've tried to hold up, but you're out of strength and you realize you have no power against it. And as it continues to toss it around, toss us around, listen, I'm not immune to things like this. I'm not immune to the feelings that anybody else would feel. Just because I'm pastor doesn't give me some special protection from that. I feel it too. In fact, I might feel it more than other people because I also feel it for the members in my church. As they suffer, I suffer. As they face uncertainty, I feel that too. I've felt these things. I know what it's like to be tossed around and unstable and wondering what is going on. And some of you tonight may feel like you're sinking. You feel like you're sinking and you may be asking, God, where are you in this? Because I would really, really like to know. Where are you? Well, let's look in the text. Verse 38. And he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. (laughs) While the storm is raging, while the boat is being tossed around, beat by the waves so much that it's filling up with water, Jesus is asleep. Well, let me just say that speaks to a couple things. Number one, that speaks to his humanity. He's felt the exhaustion you feel. He's felt the press of emotion that you feel. He's felt the weight of caring for others that you feel tonight as well. 
In fact, from this day that he's had, he is so exhausted, he's fast asleep that not even a hurricane can wake him. You know, the scripture is very clear. It says in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, that he was touched with all our infirmities. It means he has felt everything that we felt. Tempted in all points, yet without sin. See, he's gone through every emotion that you can think of, every emotion that I have gone through, that you have gone through, and he did it sinlessly. So he knows how you feel. This speaks to the humanity of Jesus. It's not because he's ignoring them, no. It's not because he's powerless. Or because he doesn't care, which many people are saying that about God right now. That he's asleep on the job. Was Jesus asleep on the job here? No. That's the second point. He's not worried. Jesus is not worried about any of this. This doesn't take him by surprise. He knew long before they got on the boat that what was going to happen. It may have took the disciples by surprise, and it may be scaring the disciples half to death, but not Jesus. He's not worried about it. You see, there, while he's asleep on the boat, he is still the creator of all things. There, asleep on that pillow, he is the sustainer of all things. Colossians in chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says this, all things were created by Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. You see, Jesus didn't fear the winds and the waves. He made the winds and the waves. He commands the winds and the waves. They obey His will. And there, as He is asleep, they can only do what He lets them do. They can only do what He tells them to do what He, God the Son, allowed them to do. And that ship was not going to sink unless He let it. No, He's not worried. Let me tell you, my friends, this pandemic has not taken God by surprise. He knows. He knows in His foreknowledge. He knows in His sovereign power and nothing happens outside of what He allows. Now listen, I am not saying that He has sent this in judgment. I am not saying He has created this and, and caused people to die. I do believe it's a result of the world fallen and destroyed in sin. This is what sin does. You think sin is not um, a big deal? Sin is not dangerous? It destroys everything. It brings death and destruction and disease. This is a result of sin. But I am saying He knows. And He can use this to work all things together for the good of them who love Him, who are the called according to His purpose, as He says in Romans 8 and 28. God is not worried. We might be. God's not. Yeah, we might have a way different reaction than Jesus. Verse 38 again, He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they woke Him up and saying to Him, Master, carest Thou not that we perish? Hey, what are you doing? Wake up! Don't you care? Look what's going on. We're dying here. Don't you care? In fact, if you put Matthew and 
Mark and Luke's account together, it sounds something like this. Lord, Master, Teacher, save us. We're dying. Don't you care? Can I ask you something? Have you been there lately? Have you prayed some prayers like that? Maybe even um, lost a little faith? Don't you care, Lord? I lost my job. Don't you care? What's going on? People are getting sick. People are dying. Don't you care? Where are you, God? This country is on a crash course straight to the ground. Don't you see it, Lord? Don't you care? Would you do something, please? Would you do something? Because I can't take much more of this. Can I say this? It's okay to have those moments. It's okay. It's part of our humanity. Do you know there's other writers of Scripture that did the same? David had his moments. He cries out in some of the Psalms in that way, Lord, how long? How long will you let this go on until you execute your judgment? Jeremiah did the same thing. One passage that comes to mind, he says, I go and I talk to these people and they don't listen. That's it. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything more. Of course, he changes his mind and David comes around and listen. When we have those doubting moments, sometimes our faith is weak, yes. But we need to get right back to a place of trusting God again. And disciples are here are having one of those moments. Lord, don't you care? How can, how can you sleep? What's going on? It's in those moments where we doubt. It's in those moments where we worry. And by the way, it's us worrying and not God. It's in those moments that He asks us to trust Him. To trust Him. That's the core issue. Not only with this here in the text, but with most of the storms we might go through in life is whether or not our faith is on the solid foundation of Christ or not. Listen, from a human standpoint, they had all they needed. They had the right knowledge. They're fishermen, sailors. They had the right experience. They had been through some storms, though this was not like anything they'd faced. They'd been through it before. They had the right equipment, but none of that was good in this situation. It did them no good. It was beyond their control. And listen, you might think you have a book that says this or some advice that says this or that, but human means will not do us any good in this situation like we're facing right now. It's the Word of God and faith in His Word is what we need right now. What they needed most, they had too little of. Faith. Faith. Oh, people belittle that. You can listen to somebody who's going through something and uh, you would, especially if they're another Christian, you would give them advice, something along the lines of, well, just have faith in God and I'll pray for you. You know to somebody in the world that sounds insane? Just have, just have faith. What are, you, what are you talking about? What's faith going to do? And prayer? What is prayer going to do? Well, we who know God should understand, first and foremost, the power of prayer. 
when we can kneel before the throne of grace and, and find help and mercy in time of need. And we know how God responds and we know what communion with Him is like. So yes, it is a powerful phrase when you say, I will pray for you. And we ought to know by now the power of faith in our lives. Especially in our relationship with God because that is what changes everything for us. It is by grace through what we are saved. Faith. It is faith that changes our eternity. Not well-wishing or, or wishful thinking. No, that rock-solid foundation, that assurance, that blessed assurance of things that we haven't seen in our hearts. That's what faith is. A belief in God, a belief in His power, and a belief in His life-changing guidance. What they needed most, they had too little of. Faith. And that is probably true, I would say, for most of us tonight. We get a little bit on shaky ground, and it's not because we don't have this supply or that security. It's probably because we don't have enough faith. They had God in the boat. God was in the boat with them, and they didn't trust Him. And he had already proven it before by his miracles, by the things that he was saying. By this time, there was not a doubt who they were following. They had God in the boat with them. And they forgot. Have you? Do you forget who it is who walks with you? Do you forget who it is who listens to your prayers? God. We have God with us. Do we forget that? Do we not trust it? Look in verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea. There's two things that happened here. I've missed that in the past. I put it all in, in one saying. But it says first he got up and he rebuked the wind. Like, hey, knock it off. <laughs> Like you do with your kids. Stop it. Or else you get a spanking or timeout or whatever it is. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody standing on the, 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 the front of a ship and saying that to the wind? You better knock it off or else. <laughs> They'd be crazy, wouldn't they? <laughs> Not Jesus. He alone. He is the only one who can tell the wind, hey, knock it off. says he rebukes the wind and then he says to the sea, Peace, be still. In layman's terms, hush enough. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't know how you picture this scene. Sometimes I like to sit back and, and uh, picture myself there and what it would be like and what it would look like. And I don't know if you've, you've pictured Jesus standing up and putting His arms out and His hair you know, blowing and just Him yelling it. Peace, be still. Maybe. I tend to think maybe it's more of a quiet scene. Yeah, the storm's raging, the boat's being tossed around, but this is God we're dealing with. He doesn't have to yell. He could walk to the front of that boat and say, better stop. 
instantly the wind would die. Hush to the sea. Look at the end of the verse. He arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I don't think the waves died down. I don't think the wind died down. I think the moment God spoke, the wind stopped. There wasn't a wisp in the air. The moment God said, Hush to the sea, the sea was completely flat. Not a ripple, not a wave. Because God had spoken. There was a great calm, immediate, complete calm. That's obedience to the Maker. Only God can do that. And may I say, only God can end this. Only He can say, only He can step in and say to the virus, Enough, you're done. Only He can guide you through the storm that you are facing. I mean, do you believe that or does that sound crazy to you? God has that power. He is the ruler of all. All things bow to Him. Only He can guide us through this. No, this is not out of His control. He is watching. He is waiting to step in to give you that calm in the midst of the storm. Do you need that peace tonight? Is your heart like the sea tossed by the winds and the waves? (laughs) Sometimes I feel like my mind is the wind running around and around and I can't get control of it and it feels like my heart is going up and down and up and down and I'm not even in a boat. (laughs) I'm tossed around by my own thoughts or my own feelings sometimes. Is that how you feel tonight? Do you need that peace? Cry out to Him. And He will give peace as only He can. You know how many times I've prayed this past month? How many times I've sought the face of the Lord, whether it be for different situations that come up. I go to Him a mess. I go to Him shaken sometimes in mind and heart and lacking in faith like I should. But when I bow before my God and my Lord and my Savior, do you know that He gives me a great calm? The wind ceases. The mind stops running. And the sea goes calm. My heart, instead of going up and down with this emotion or that emotion, it finds rest and peace in Jesus. To know that He's got this. Nothing is out of His control. He is watching. He is guiding. He knows what He is doing. So I must trust Him. I'm telling you tonight, you can have peace from God. Our prayer is most likely for immediate deliverance. Make it stop and stop now. Like next week, let's let this be all done, Lord, because I'm done with this. We want immediate deliverance. But sometimes he lets the storm rage. I don't know how long this went on, but it seems to have gone on for some time before he stopped it. And perhaps in the storm, he's teaching us some things. 
I'm willing to bet you've prayed now like you've never prayed before. Like you should have prayed. We're learning to pray. We're learning to rely fully on Him for our needs, like the Scripture says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take no thought, or do not be anxious for what you will eat or what you will wear. Your Father knows that you have need of these things. Seek Him, and He will provide. We're probably in that place like we haven't been in a very long time. Understand that whatever storm may come, if God's in the boat, we'll be just fine. Maybe He's trying to teach us that. The markers of a good relationship with God is not your bank account full and fat. The markers of a good and godly relationship is not... You have this perfect house and everything's fine and you're in perfect health. That's what most of Christianity would say. No. We're learning none of that matters. What matters is our hearts and our minds fully resting on Him as He provides for us. That regardless of the circumstances, we can have peace with Christ. Whatever storm may come, if God is with us, we will be fine. Do you have that peace this morning? You understand if God is in the boat, no wave can sink it? No wind can blow it off course? Listen, I walk with the Master of all things in my life. The One who has given perfect peace to me. So you know what that tells me? He's going to guide me. He's going to protect me. He's going to see me safely to the other side. Even if it's not the way I planned. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Either way, I'll be just fine. Can you say that this morning? Is your faith there? Or is it lacking? Well, let me finish up with this thought. You see, he asks us a question. Listen as if he's speaking to you, because as you read the word, he is. And listen to the questions he's asking you tonight. Verse 40. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? I tend to take some, well, I tend to read different tones in. It's a good thing I'm not God. It's a good thing I'm not Jesus. Because, well, we'd all be in trouble. I, I sometimes read this as angry. What are, you, what are you so scared of? Where's your faith? I, I don't necessarily think it's asked in that kind of a tone. I think he just asked him straight up. Why are you guys so scared? Where is your faith? <laughs> he, asked us, he asks us that tonight. Yeah, COVID-19 is going on and it's worldwide and the numbers seem to be exploding and different people are talking about different things and we've got all these restrictions and it doesn't seem to be letting up. Why are you so scared? Where's your faith? I mean, has he ever left us alone? 
Has He ever forsaken you? Think in your own life. Has God ever left you alone? In all of your past struggles, haven't you found Him there? Haven't you found Him to be, as the Psalms say, a very present help in times of trouble? When you went to cry out to Him, wasn't He there to give you peace, to guide you through? Well, this is bigger. Well, it might be. This is impacting my life in more ways than I could have ever thought or I could have ever dreamed or more than anything has in the past. Yeah, probably. But that's just a bigger way for Him to show you how much He loves you and how much He cares and how great His power is. So don't lose faith. Don't lose faith tonight. Look in verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey Him? Who is this? Well, let me tell you. This is no mere man. This is God. We speak about Jesus so much and we lift Him up so high. Why? Because He is worthy of it. He's not just some great prophet. He's not just some guy who said some nice things. No. This is no mere man. This is God, the Creator of all things, the One who has come down to us and lived a life like ours with all the temptations and all the trials that we face. He has felt your pain. He has lived a life just like yours. He's felt your fear. He's felt your uncertainty. And He is the One who came to save us from all of that. You see, He gave His precious blood on that cross as the atonement for sin. The One who can forgive us and reconcile us back to God. To look at Him is to see grace and mercy and peace because all of that is brought to us through Christ. He is the captain of our salvation, our deliverer, our comforter, the one who we come to find help from. He is our good shepherd who leads us through the valley of the shadow of death while we fear no evil. Why? Because He is with us. His grace is sufficient. He says to cast all of our cares on Him because He cares for us. Have faith tonight. God is in the boat. God is in the boat. Nothing is out of control. And yes, He might be letting the storm rage for a little while. But you can have peace in the midst of that. And peace when it's over. Maybe He wants to speak peace into your heart tonight. You know, you can have it. And let me just say this. You can have that peace in the anxiety you might be feeling. And you can have peace in the anger. Because there's a lot of people who are angry about this. They're angry about freedoms being stripped away and this stay-at-home or lockdown or whatever you want to call it being forced on us. And it can, it can breed feelings of frustration and anger. Listen, you can have peace in that too, knowing He's guiding Maybe you know this. You just need a reminder. Maybe you stumbled across this live stream and some things have caught your attention. Listen, I want to tell you tonight, you can have ultimate peace in Jesus. It's not just nice words that we say or some catchphrase. No, 
I mean it with every fiber of my being. You can have ultimate, lasting, foundational peace in Jesus, and that comes by knowing Him as Savior. Without that, you have no peace. He is the one who has come to save us from sin. So I beg you tonight, if you would turn away from your sin and turn to Jesus and place your faith and trust in Him that He died for you, believe in Him and be saved and have that eternal peace knowing you will spend forever with Him. You Listen, no storm can shake that ever. And like I said, maybe you know Jesus and you've been through storms before, but not like this one. This one is too much. It's not too much for Him. Why are you so scared? Where is your faith? Trust in God. He knows. He's watching. He's guiding. And He will not leave us nor forsake us. He is our rock. He is our peace. And let Him give give you the calm that only He can. Let Him say to your heart tonight, Peace, be still. Let the winds of the thoughts of your mind cease. Let the waves of the anxiety in your own heart be calmed. Listen, the sovereign Lord who allowed the storm to continue, yet held up the boat and brought peace to it all, He is the same sovereign over this virus who might be allowing it to continue in it holding you up and He will bring peace. So have faith in Him. Be at peace and be still. I pray that's a blessing tonight. I pray that you would think on these things and just let the Lord give you peace. Cast your cares on Him and And uh, let Him calm you. Let's pray and then look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Father, I ask Your blessing on this Word. I ask Your blessing on those listening and and those who will listen in the future, Lord, that You would, um, even in times of trial and times of distress and anxiety, that You would bring peace to their hearts. Help us in this storm, Lord. We might be like the disciples and Wondering what's going on, Lord, help us to remember who you are and that we have your presence and we have your protection, Lord. So please calm the thoughts that go through our head and the the waves that overwhelm our heart, Lord, and help us to trust in you. Say in my heart, say in all of our hearts, peace be still tonight, Lord. I ask your guidance in all of these things. I ask your blessing on each one that has Listen, Lord, and even if there is one who does not know you as Savior, that they would repent of their sins and turn to you before it's everlasting too late. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, and I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.